Have you ever discovered an actor or actress from another country whose work you admire? Well, today we're going across the pond, as they say, to meet a very talented performer. That's coming up on Up Next. Hi everyone, it's John Contratti, and this is Up Next. My guest today is an actress, director. Uh, her list of credits are endless. We know her from Bridget Jones' Diary, probably best known as Lynn Benfield and I'm Alan Partridge. Families and kids know her as the evil Miss Adolf from the series Hang Zipser, which is based on the books by the same name by Henry Winkler and Lynn Oliver. Currently, you can see her in Landscapers, which is streaming now on HBO Max. Welcome, Felicity Montague. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. Um, so where exactly are you? You are probably my furthest guest that I'm interviewing. Well, I'm in, I'm in a place in London. In South London, I live in South London, and um, uh, I love London. Uh, it's a great place to live. I love cycling, and I love walking, and I love the river. Um, there's no better place than have a river that, that runs through a city because it's a great um, it's a great place for people to gather. Even with the COVID um, pandemic, even last year, uh, it was a place of great celebration. People would go down with picnics. Always have done for centuries, but it's. Um, there's something very historic about the Thames. I'm sort of in love with it, really. Did you grow up near there? Where did you grow up? No, I didn't. I, I grew up in Yorkshire, um, where my 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 mum wasn't northern. Uh, I was brought up in Leeds. My mother was Australian. She was an Aussie. She was born in Brisbane. Uh, my father was ex-military. Uh, he served in India. He was in the second Punjab and fought in Burma. Um, and um, he met my mother in an industrial job in Australia and they met a a, a, a bush party in the um in, in outside Brisbane so that was it did you come from a family of people in the entertainment field or was that just your desire no no um more military really it's a very military background I had three brothers in the army and who I'm very proud of and my father I'm very proud of he was in the army and went into industry afterwards uh, my brother-in-law was in the army. I mean, they've all gone into different fields uh, since they retired or moved from the army. And my mother was medical. She was a cytologist. So, but it is interesting, the next generation down from me, my nephews and nieces, they're very musical. What My nephew, Robbie Ellison, is a jazz drummer. He trained at the Guild Hall. My son's a stand-up comedian and writer. My daughter's an actress and writer. Uh, come Pilates instructor as well. Um, and my nephew, George Montague, is, um, is, a, is a model and uh, a stand-in. So, um, and he's a composer. So it's really curious. That there's, a, there's a lot of artistic sort of ability in the family, uh, which I was oblivious of, you know, in my generation. So you became interested high school, college. When did you know that I want to be an actress? Um, it, at five, I was in my bedroom and I came from a family of five kids, six and a half, within six and a half years. And so it's hard for my mum to keep tally. It's mad Australian keeping tally on her little kids. And she suddenly realised there was one that was missing, the youngest, from the garden. And she came upstairs and she knocked on the door and she said, um, your door's locked. Where are you? What are you doing? And I said, you can't come in, I'm afraid. I'm doing something incredibly secret. So I was about five then. I didn't know anything about theatre. I didn't know anything about... I didn't watch much telly, really. We watched Dad's Army. We watched Poldark. We watched very little, actually. We only allowed... My generation, as you understand, John, like you, we would be allowed an hour or half an hour of television and then it would be off this great black and white television would be off 
there was no other sort of so everything was like having to imagine stuff you know on your own so my mum said look please I really want to come she was really worried she really thought what is she doing in there is she you know is she opening the window trying to do acrobatics or something so I came in and I said you just have to be really really quiet and I was doing the three witches I was doing the cauldron and um apparently mum just could not understand where it all came from but it was just that she sat down quietly and I said as long as you're quiet you don't make a make a sound I don't mind you being in the room and then I just got on with it and I built little props and a little fire and then I kind of forgot about all that over the years and I danced a lot and then I kind of got a passion at 16 and I I think I just felt good doing it I felt great being someone else and that's what I revel in I revel in going into somebody else's head and becoming somebody else um, and I get disappointed when, you know, people talk about you have to come from a certain place, you have to be a certain person to act a certain role. And for me, I want the young to go into it and do anything, be anything, be anything you can, you know, and um, imagine you're somewhere else. I mean, that's what acting is all about. It's about taking yourself into a different world. And that's what I loved. That was that was my dream, really. So it was a perfect job for me. What was your first role, your major role? Oh, my first major role was something called Unsuitable for Adults, theatre-wise, theatre -wise. Um, by Terry Johnson, yeah, at the Bush. And I had done a few things before, but they were of no consequence, really. And um, I mean, they were important in terms of the learning curve. But I mean, if you say something major, um, it was that. And it was directed by Mike Bradwell. And it had Tim McInerney, Joanna Pierce. Um, uh, oh, golly, I can't remember everyone's names, but it was, um, I, I played a failed stand-up comedian and I had a massive long monologue and it was too much pressure really because I really didn't have enough experience at that point. Um, so it was baptism by fire, really. And then soon after that, I was at the Royal Court upstairs and then I was at the National, which again, you know, I wrote 70 letters, 140 letters, 70 letters, 140 letters to lots of reps and I just couldn't get seen. Um, because in those days, you didn't have sort of the digital you know the digital sort of connections that we do now um it was very much if you didn't have an equity card they wouldn't look at you they wouldn't they wouldn't see you i imagine america was the same at the time in, in in the 80s um but suddenly i kind of got propelled into the london scene and um although it was incredibly exciting and i learned a very steep learning curve i mean it was wonderful working with howard davis um you know gillian barge um incredible theatrical names, Stephen Moore, Tony O'Donnelly, um, Stephen Ray, for God's sake. I mean, that was just, I mean, to, to act on stage with Stephen Ray, although at the time I knew he was a great, but I didn't know, you know, I hadn't seen all his work, um, but I knew he was a phenomenal um, uh, skilled actor and still is. He's a wonderful, wonderful actor. And um, with, it, with such ease, he'd go onto the stage and you could see he was just, you know a master so i learned a great deal having propelled up there was and then i i went into the no man's land of television really and um so disappeared for years just working slavishly in television and, and earning a living and then having kids and paying the mortgage and you know doing whatever you have to do so i first discovered you from bridget jones diary and yeah. doc martin that was the first time yeah yeah so, so bridget jones diary i mean that was pretty much renee zelliger's you know, my first major role. Um, what was that like working with her and working on that movie? Well, she's astonishing because you meet her and um, she was totally in the role. 
And she had a very hard time from British actresses saying, why has she got this role? You know, we know how to play it better. But I'll go back to something I did with Stephen Ray with Howard Davis at the National, the Chagrin. I played an Irish Colleen. And I said to Howard Davis when he gave me the part, surely you want to give this to an Irish person? He said, I've seen a lot of Irish actresses and they're all excellent, he said, but they, they aren't Colleen's in my head. You're a Colleen. And it's the same argument with um, uh, Bridget Jones' diary with, with um, René Zellweger is that I said to her, it's really weird, you know, is that you are so Bridget, it's extraordinary. I said, I mean, and I know where that sort of Bridget comes from. She comes from like Surrey, somewhere in Surrey. She's not posh, but she's kind of, you know, she had that wonderful sort of hopeless sort of, you know, sort of ex lack of expectation in life that something terrible is going to happen. And she was perfect. So if someone had discriminated against her not to play the role, we would have lost that Bridget. And she is the first, I think the first Bridget Jones's diary, she was superb in. Um, and she just hit it. She just hit it so well. So she was absolutely charming. And on the on the premiere night, she um, she was absolutely, you know, it was that the it was quite funny on the premiere night because I I was picked up by a chauffeur and I sort of said, I can get there on my own. I'm not sort of used to that sort of level of um, luxury and all that. I've had it in the past, but I quite like walking to places and I like walking within tubes and I like being independent. I had lots of time to be in an old people's home and be driven about and, you know, put in front of a television. You know, there's lots of time, you know, it, it, life's too short. Um, but anyway, I had to get in the car and they drove me up and I said, well, just drop me off here and I'll just tinkle in through the... Uh, through the through the line and no, no 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 I have to drive you up anyway this guy got it so wrong um I was in front just in front of Renny Zellweger Colin Firth and Hugh Grant and all the publicity machine was generating it up for these guys to arrive and I was in the way I think I was actually in between Renny Zellweger and um oh I can't remember the one of the Spice Girls was there and I was absolutely ballsing it up and the bodyguard said get down get down that's because I was reading the shots of Colin Firth and Renny Zellweger and um, uh, Hugh Grant, which is quite funny, really. But that was the first time I really met that mega wall of success, movie land wise, where the crowds, the movie, the people, just everything took off. I mean, I didn't take off, but I I love playing Perpetua because she was, um, it's a great shame they didn't find a room for her because Jonathan Cavendish, the producer, used to bump into me and say, we're trying to get her in, but we can't get the character in. But actually she was a great character, a great um quite an inspirational character and quite a um, overprivileged, but knew it, you know, and I think that's quite an interesting combination. Often those sort of rich people, they're played as though they don't know it. And actually Perpetua knew she was privileged and was actually, uh, was quite balanced as a result of it. And I think that's quite an interesting interpretation of that kind of class of woman. Um, but I think Rennie is um, a phenomenal actress, actually, absolutely phenomenal. And um, as is Colin Firth. And I think that, um, I mean, have you seen Supernova? I mean, he was, I've just seen that recently. And he and Stanley Tucci, um, you know, they're, they're astonishing in it. And Colin Firth was astonishing in it. And, and I think that Rennie's achievement in, in, in Bridget Jones's diary was, I mean, how did she know that character so well? She must have done so much research. And that to me is sublime acting. That's acting where I think, yes, that's so exciting because you've just, You've taken on a completely new persona. You understand her mind and you physically get her right. And then you just play Rene within all of that. And for me, that's genius. And that's my favorite kind of acting, really. Of all your roles, do you feel more, most people come up to you because of Lynn Benfield on Alan Partridge? Um, 
Well, it's very strange. This thing, I mean, it landscapes. I mean, I don't have a massive role, but I play Olivia Coleman's mother. And I'm getting, my agents have quite a lot of attention in the business, in the, in the public. They don't sort of, they go, it's really weird. I've been watching Christy Montague. What they don't seem to realise is that I've done it for 40 years and I've been in the background of Mappily Cheers and done all sorts of stuff over the years. But I'm very lucky. Lynn is stuck, you know, and people love Lynn. And I'm very proud of that. And I feel that's part of my achievement as well as the Partridge team. I think that I've given Lynn something which um, deserves recognition. I've given her humanity and a fear and a disappointment in life that... Um, uh, and I think it's written, it's, it's all in the writing as well. And I think that they're extremely clever, clever, cle clever people in the Partridge team. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I guess that is a major, um, I think Lynn is a, is a great achievement, but it's, it's an ensemble piece, although Steve's a big star and it is about Alan Partridge. Um, but I've got greater roles in a sense that, um, like in Map and Lucia, I played a character called Diver Plaisto. And I'm very proud the director, Demard Lawrence, who is, you know, done many theatre um, uh, productions and, and very esteemed. And he directed it. And he said, there's nothing more exciting, Felicity. He said, you started off as Diver Plaisto and you ended up creating more Diver Plaisto so that she was eating like an animal. She was getting bigger, not bigger technically, but she was actually... Um, she gave ideas for the writers and it's a great shame we didn't do a second series because Diver, Diver had so many problems and I just love all those corridors of power of characters. You know, you, that's how your character gets more and more interesting, more and more um, deeper. You want to get her deeper and find out her secrets and bur but, but burrow down and find out more and more about them. And then, then you sound solid like an oak tree. You can play anything you want with the character. You can go anywhere you like. And that's what's really exciting. So I guess, yes, people come up, but then it depends if they love Doc Martin. It depends if they have seen Landscapers. It depends if they've seen, Doc, you know, like Alan Partridge. Some, some people have never seen Alan Partridge, which I find astonishing. Um, uh, and I know there's a cult following in the States with a select group of people, but most Americans don't really get Alan Partridge, whereas it's a very British product. Whereas Doc Martin, people love Doc Martin in the States, don't they? Yeah, they do. I was interviewing an actress the other day, Carolyn Hennessy, uh, who's done a lot of work here in the United States, uh, but she did a children, a kid's show, a family show um, on the Disney Channel. So she says she has a whole new group of fans of young yeah, kids. Yeah. Now, did you feel you got that a little bit with playing Miss Adolf Hank on Z Hank Zipser? Oh, I really did. And my agent said, we've got the ideal here. We've got, when it was going out, we've got, we've got you, you know, a whole new audience coming up that's beginning to get to know about you. We've got all the Alan Partridge audience. We've got the Doc Martins. We've got the Bridget Jones. We've got this, we've got that. And you said, you know, we've, you've got a very large, I don't know what the word's called. I mean, um, well, it's not a field, is it? It's when they those awful people sit behind glasses and watch people and find out who's the big shot and who's, you know, big star and mm -hmm. what rating is that person on, which I sort of hate really. But um, yeah, I guess, yes to your your question do you remember the audition for that role i do i do because my father was very sick at the time and matt um who was auditioning me with siobhan backman um they didn't give anything away and um i thought this is my role this is absolutely my role and i told dad and i he, he really wanted me to get it and um about three weeks before he died and I'm laughing because it's it's mad I told when I got the job I said Matt if only you told me before dad died because he wanted to know and Matt went don't put that on me that's just horrendous <laughs> I was laughing I said I'm only teasing you Matt 
And um, he said, well, we had to go to the powers that be, you know, the CBC and all those other people in the States, I think. And Henry had to approve. I mean, everyone had to approve. But um, what a dream job. I mean, I've got a great mate, Javon Prince. And Nick Mohammed was supposed to come here yesterday. But because of COVID, we decided it wasn't a good idea because his kids have been in nursery and Juliet Cowan. And there's just uh, it's such a family. It's It created such a family. And um yeah, Anne Brogan's very clever. She put together a great team. But the person who's really clever is the person who wrote the books with, um, is it Jan? Um, Oliver. Uh, Lynn Oliver and Lynn. Henry. And Sorry, Henry Winkler. Mm-hmm. Lynn Oliver. I do apologise, yeah. Lynn Oliver. Because we haven't met her, actually. So I'm always good if I met, meet someone. I'm great. But I'm not great when I have to sort of... So apologies to Lynn Oliver. But they're, they're so clever, the little books, for, you know, the kids. And it, it was so interesting that Henry couldn't get arrested in the States to do it. And he came to England and it became a hit. It is a hit. It's still being repeated everywhere. Mm-hmm. What was it like working with Henry Winkler? Was it- phenomenal. Phenomenal. I mean, I cut you short because it was just um, one of those great privileges in life. Like Stephen Ray, you're working with, like Steve Coogan, you're working with a Rolls Royce. You're working with somebody who just is a phenomenal actor. Henry's timing is, well, I mean, we know. We know because of what he's done. But it's, it's, he doesn't need to hear this and the world doesn't need to hear this because the world knows. But just as an actor working with him, it was just so exciting. And he'd create stuff, not to get attention to himself, but because he would just, he's so creative, he would just find something. I mean, he's natural. He's a complete natural. And um, it was just an utter privilege to work with him without being lovey. Um, God, I'd love to work with him again. I mean, just to be on set with somebody who's so consummately good at what they do, um, and so sweet and charming, as Stacey is as well. And um, we um, had dinner with them. They had this beautiful dinner. My daughter and I, Olivia, went out to the States because um, she uh, got shortlisted in an international writing competition. So she was invited out. And um, I, I I, kind of like jumped on the bandwagon and said, I'll come too. And so Henry said, oh, come. It's Henry and Stacey invited us for dinner. We had such a lovely time catching up. And it's it feels that sadly so many miles away, really, because I'd love to see more of him and Stacey. But, you know, we all live our lives. But he uh, it's, it was just one of those very, very extraordinary experiences where you meet someone who is such a good person and such a phenomenal talent. And I feel sort of blessed to have, really blessed, actually, to have worked with him. And I, I learned so much from him. Just just being on set, just just seeing how he um, purports himself with such dignity and with humour, um, and utter professionalism. And then he just gets to the truth of the moment in a way that, in a succinct way, that doesn't take time, he doesn't doesn't take up time, he just gets to that moment. And, um, well, what can you say? There's no more to say, really. It's just it was a very, very lucky experience. And I learned from him. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not a fool. I will sit and I will realise what I lack and what I don't have and my flaws. And I'll, and I'll sit there literally thinking, I can learn from this. I can really learn. And sometimes I, I meet young people and I think they're not learning. They're on their mobiles, just on Twitter, Instagram, waiting for a break. But the break's there. The break's there in front of you. If, you get, if you're working with someone who's phenomenally talented, just watch and learn and listen and you'll, you'll get there because that will take you there because your work will get better and better. Your latest project, Landscapers, can you tell us something about it without giving too much of it away? True story? Am I correct? This is a true story? It's, it's based on a true story. Um, it's uh, based on, and, and this is a fact, basically. 
it's Olivia Coleman plays the mother, David Tulis, uh, the mother, I play the mother to Olivia Coleman, but Olivia Coleman plays the daughter, uh, Christopher and Susan Edwards, and David Tulis plays the, the husband, and they murder the parents, uh, and they bury them in the back garden, and they're not come for 15 years. And really, it's, it's a kaleidoscopic sort of look at everyone, everyone about, it's very, very, it's a very, very clever script written by um, Olivia Coleman's husband, Ed, and um, it's kaleidoscopic. It looks at it from everyone's point of view, from the police's point of view, uh, from the husband and the wife's point of view, the parents a little bit from their point of view. Um, and it's, it's, it's a myriad of surrealism, and, um, but, real, but there's a real narrative to it and it's realistic. Um, and it's sort of funny and sad and devastating at times. Um, and the press are, you know, hailing it really. They're saying it's extraordinary. It's done by the same company who did Chernobyl. I mean, you know, it's it, there is such an extraordinary team that um, to mark anyone out, uh, but they are an extraordinary team. And and it, it's Olivia's company and her husband's company doing it with that big company. So um, the same company. So um, I would say it's a it's a must watch, definitely. You also direct. Um, what do you like about directing? And is it difficult? No, I, well, no, sorry to interrupt you. I've only directed once. Once, okay. Um, and, and that was, um, it was a rep um, digital film for Oxford Playhouse and Waterville Theatre and Batley Theatre and another northern uh, Lancashire, Duke of York's Lancashire. So um, what did I, did I find it hard to direct? Sorry, I interrupted your question. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. Well, um, it was, it was sort of, I just said yes, because I knew I had landscapers. I think I had that too. I knew I had landscapers coming up and I thought well, this would be so nice to fit in. And, but I spent months preparing. And I think that's, that's the answer is that, um, and I had a very good support team. And so when I got actually onto the, onto the set and we, we, we um, it was all about an amateur company during COVID times, whether they get their production on, 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 off and many other things as well. Um, we, we filmed it in an amateur, huge amateur theatre, which had backstage and everything. Um, and all the prepping had been done. So actually, although I was under enormous pressure to do 105 minutes in five days, and we couldn't even start filming until two o'clock on a Monday, we got it all done because we prepped so well. And I found it absolutely exhilarating to work with actors. I had Shobhani Galati, who's a fantastic actress, and Matthew Kelly, my great mate, Matthew Kelly, um, who was really incredible in it. Stephen Fry was the narrator. Um, and, and so on, and Sarah Hadland, who's a comedy genius. I mean, I think she's, I think that she'll go on to really prove and get better and better work because I think she's incredible. Is it difficult um, if you have to, if an actor is not giving you what you want now that you're on the opposite side of it, is it difficult to tell them or is there a way of you handle it? Well, because I've always wanted directors to handle it in a, sometimes some directors just kind of like, just do it better or do it this and the other. And I don't think that's direction. <laughs> I think, I think that I've just worked with an actress called Georgia and um, I forgot, sorry. Um, she directed Tom Jones, the Henry Fielding's novel. And um, she's so clever. She just comes up and she says, um, if you could just imagine that situation, da -da 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 -da, I just think it could be more, you think? And he just walks off and you go, I've got it. Thank you. You know? And I said, so that's, I really enjoyed talking to people at their back history saying, look, um, let's not forget this scene is before, da, 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 da. and the actors are very good at that anyway, but just remember, you might've had a row with somebody and I'd invent something for somebody and say, right, okay, that's, 
you know, before you did that, this is what happened in the corridor. So why don't you take that into the scene and don't tell the other person? So they, you know, they'd go out and then that would happen and then something would happen and you see something. So you just keep them on their toes, really. Um, and they love it. They loved it. They loved that sort of, you know, organic process. I mean, some actors just don't need it. They're, they're, they're fantastic. But actors have good days and like me, they have good days and bad days, you know, and, and tired days. And when they're tired and we're up against it and we're doing things really fast, which we were um, in that, um, uh, you know, I, 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 I thought it was a little, you know, quite a clever to, 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 to do. And I've learned that from directors who are really the best directors. That's they kind of do little droplets. They don't threaten you. To, to threaten an actor is to shut them down. And uh, they're, they're like flowers. They need to be, I mean, they sound pre pretentious and precious, but, they, you know, they, they, they put themselves out there and you know that. Um, and they need to be encouraged, you know, and made to feel, made to feel that their flowers can bloom and they can come out and do their, their very best. So, um, uh, yeah. And there's an astonishing actress called Emma MacDonald, who's just a name to watch. And it was called Going the Distance anyway. And I think it might be online. Online. So before we wrap this up, what could we look forward to in the future? Any projects you are working on at the moment or will be working on? Um, well, I've just wrapped on Tom Jones, the Henry Fielding um, ITV, uh, which will probably go on to HBO or something, I think. Uh, I played Bridget Allworthy. I don't think it's a well-known novel. Um, I'm in two episodes of a new Channel 4 sitcom, which I guess in America, they I don't know whether it's going out on a different channel. Um, it's called Hellraisers, and I play a, you know, a northern... Um, absolute dragon mother-in-law who has a very little sense of humor and does not like her daughter-in-law at all and very disappointed in her do you enjoy those and, roles um, oh god that's a new role for me actually it's a new flavor of a character i play so um i'm trying to fall of it so um i hope that character will be um coming back i would love to play miss adolf again i would love it if they brought that back but they can't because nick nick's too old now and maddie i keep in touch with maddie can they go to college maddie. maybe they're in college now and you could be a it could be in college you, you could yeah. be a college professor i could be a college professor yes <laughs> i think henry's far too busy now i think he's doing movies and god knows which i'm so thrilled about so i appreciate this very much let's check out landscapers on hbo max and felicity montague thank you so much for being here today it's a pleasure john lovely to speak to you so this is john contratti and you've been listening to up next